Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Just a final reminder to all Oilers season seat holders to secure your 2022 Stanley Cup playoff seats by today. Lock in your seats for the playoffs ahead of the public online through your Oilers account manager or by calling 780-414-GOAL. The best pizza in the city still make it a great Royal Pizza. Multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 plus years. Pizza passed and so much more. For a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations now up to four in Calgary. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stop for recommendation Mediterranean chicken. As we go off to the River Creek Resort and Casino hotline for our headliner today, Jack Michaels, otherwise known as Edmonton Jack on Twitter. Our headliner is presented by Will Hawk Beef Jerky. I uh, saw Trent Will Hawk last night. He was part of our uh, Oilers Now uh, road trip crew. Uh, Wilhawk beef jerky just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Hello, Jack. How you doing? I'm good, Bob. In fact, uh, Tyler Michaels and the Sherwood Park A's uh, used Wilhawk jersey as jerky as part of their fundraiser. So uh, know the product well, and uh, I hope you had a chance to tell Trent I said hello. And I I don't know how I quite feel. I mean, I, obviously the ban on me being on this program has been lifted. But then you bring me on to talk about the best cities on the road, and I'm not on the road. So I kind of feel like this is a classic stopper backhanded compliment. <laughs> You know, that's when we've worked far together, uh, far too long together. <laughs> you know, and I was just, I was thinking because... Not to mention, if I'm the house. headliner, what happened to the headliner, Bob? I, I, I mean, I assume that uh, you called about 35 other people before you got to me. Jack, uh, first of all, it was 57 other people. Uh, <laughs> secondly, uh, the first two guests that we had on the show today, Kevin Weeks and, and Louis DeBras, are both sponsored already. So, we, but uh, no, you have an appreciation, and it's and it sucks, and I think things are going to change. And I know it's from a pure broadcasting perspective. I think the listeners are well aware that you don't have, you know, you and me did the play-by-play of, of games in Edmonton out of Ched during the bubble. And that I found very difficult. And then last year, of course, uh, you know, we, we didn't travel, uh, but at least got to be back in the building. So I know you, may, maybe you could explain to listeners, like you've done roughly what, two thirds of the games on the road this year, 50%. What's it, what's it ended up being? It's going to end up being 50-50. And remember, even, even last year, Bob, both you and I and, 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 and Cam and your, yourself had to do games, you know, on the road at, at Chet. So, yes. you know, there was no, there was no travel involved uh, last year. And as you well know, Bob, I mean, when you're watching a two dimensional situation, you know, a puck gets kicked out from the point, you're not a hundred percent sure if a shot, if there's a one timer rip from the point, you know, what if, what if the right D has just changed? You know, you might have the wrong guy shooting that puck because you can't really see the yeah. jersey, as you'll recall. Uh, penalties away from the play. Uh, just general mayhem developing behind or in front of the play. Uh, too many men on the ice calls are harder to pick up. I, I think you'd agree with me. Even line shufflings, 
you know, you usually, when you're watching it off a monitor, I don't know about you, but I think you'd agree with me, you probably want another full rotation before you commit to saying, hey, Jay Woodcroft has shuffled it up here. You know, because again, you're not in the building. You can't see how the players are lined up on the bench. You know what I'm talking about. So those are the... Those are the little things, and it you know again for for a lot of people it may sound like first world problems, but I think all of us you know in our chosen profession have had you know have had significant impact uh, with respect to our relative circumstance. So hopefully people out there understand that you know and have some empathy for the fact that when you're not there you can't quite do the job that you're meant to do. Yeah, I, I actually found that my attention to detail when we did broadcast those games off the you know the monitors uh I, I my focus was laser focused at times i get a little meandering and, and wandering a bit sometimes in a building uh because you know i'm not doing the play-by-play i'm doing the color and and so you know i'm i, I am checking out you know the opposition bench and i'm seeing jesus did the coach say something to that guy when he went off the ice or more specific who's jay woodcroft talking to right it's it is, it is interesting all right Look, you love you love you love to travel. We got to get you. We got to get Sportsnet back up and going. A hundred percent road travel next year. But part of this, you know, part of we had the, the orders now road trip, uh, and, I, and I sent I, you know your regards last night to everybody there because you've always uh, been kind enough to come out and tell some stories with the folks at these events. But just specific, uh, and maybe you can educate the listeners. I think right now Nashville might be the funnest place in the league to go to for a lot of fans. I know a lot of people love Vegas, but Nashville's got to be right there, Jack, in terms of, I mean, you've traveled all around the league now for the last decade plus. What what do you say? Well, you and I have seen it. You and I have seen it. I mean, think back to the Nashville that you first visited, and I'm guessing it was your first ever visit. Yeah, back when in you went, yep. When you yep. went there in the in the fall of 07 or the spring of 08, however it, it, it fell, and now think about Nashville now. Even back then, Bob, Nashville, you know, at, at one point was kind of, you know, a cross between a southern and a honky-tonk type of town. You know, a uh, lot of stuff to do, but ultimately not the mecca it's developed into in the last decade and a half. And I, I guess I would trace your NHL career and, and, and mine, too, to basically the ascent of Nashville. In other words, if you and I had any brains, in the fall of 2010, we would have plunked down something on an investment property because, as you know, the city has exploded. The area in which the team used to stay has exploded. You know, it is just, at this point, it's one of the fastest-growing cities in North America. It has probably at least caught, if not surpassed, Vegas as the number one convention destination in the United States. It has certainly surpassed Los Angeles as as that kind of destination. And it's uh, it's got, if you love live music, there is no better place to be in North America. In North America, Because if you choose, you can literally walk down the street and file into a place where you will hear someone 10 times more talented than your favorite club band ever. I mean, that's just the way it is. The, the, the quality of music there is unbelievable, and, and just the vibe. Is it's it's got a great vibe. It's it keeps you young. If you and I were wise, we would have done it because you know then we we were old codgers. We could have been around all those young people to help keep us young. 
Yeah, well, and it, I mean, it, and you're, you know, you're 100% right. Just the growth around the building. I mean, there's a brand new JW Marriott. There's a, a new Westin. Uh, and these are beautiful skyscraper hotels. I mean, they're just gorgeous, right? So it's, and it's, uh, but, it, and, it, and it, for, for, uh, I know that I believe I read somewhere where the number one, uh, what do they, what do they call that? Uh, uh, Stagettes? Do they call them stagettes for when? What do they call them? When, when yeah, bachelor know? or bachelorette party. But yeah, the, those, party it's, it's replaced Vegas because it's easier to get to, especially if you're an East Coaster. You don't necessarily need to take the four-hour flight to Vegas. You can pop down and take an hour and a half flight to Nashville. And and again, it's 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 a great city. I think the other cities. Uh, you and I generally see eye to eye, even though I don't think you always take full advantage the way I'm constantly trying to encourage you to. But, I mean, I think, you know, Chicago's probably still on your list. Uh, you're not as much of a sun guy, but I think you appreciate getting out of the weather and, and getting a little L.A. and Vegas vibe. And, uh, you know, we both think it's a fabulous experience anytime you enter the world's most famous arena in New York City. I mean, I, you know, you're you're from Western Pennsylvania. I mean, for the listeners out there, where should I go to, to, to like Pittsburgh is a cool underrated. City. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially for guys our age, Bob, you know, any, you know, guys born between, let's say, 1965 and 1980. You know, those guys think of Pittsburgh as, as they should, a bit of a concrete jungle, not a very, you know, nice city. It, it really fell on hard times in the mid to late 1980s. But since the late 1990s, it has come back in a big way. And I would suggest not just because I'm from there, but it is, I think, you know, a hidden gem in the league. Uh, you know, it, it's got great places to eat. It's got great scenery. All the ballparks and arenas are congregated against the confluence, the backdrop of that confluence, which I think you'd agree, Bob, is as, is as pretty a backdrop as, as anyone could hope to see. And, and actually, you get a glimpse of it. And I think now you understand why I said there was some – there was some familiarity when I first like kind of drove through the river Valley in Edmonton. It's a little bit of a smaller area in Edmonton, but there are, you know, for those who can appreciate the beauty of the river Valley Valley and, and Edmonton on a, on a weather day, let's say maybe last Friday as compared to today, for those who kind of identify that with the fact that Edmonton can be a nice, a, a great looking city in the springtime, I, I think you get a lot of that in Pittsburgh too. It's just a much nicer place to be. Uh, the green space, the rivers, and uh, you know, like I said, they they've built that ballpark and arena district where it's kind of bumping. I mean, we were there for the yeah. draft, and I think even you would probably concede you had a pretty good time walking around the streets. Uh, maybe not quite as good a time as we have in Nashville, but a pretty good time nonetheless. Yeah. All right, Jack, switching focus. Uh, this, I, I, I was a little concerned about this two-game trip. Uh, and, hey, the orders have been playing well. Louie mentioned it. Just three losses in regulation last 17 games. Went into Minnesota 6-0-1, turned some pucks over. I think dealt with some challenges with the, the pace of the forecheck and the physicality the Minnesota plays with. Well, guess what? Nashville's got a a tough team. Nashville can score a bit like Minnesota can score. Uh, maybe not quite as much depth scoring, and it can certainly, you know, uh, ground and pound you if you want to go. Just your your thoughts on what Edmonton might be facing tonight. Well, I think they're Minnesota light. Uh, I, I don't think the production is as 
uh, you know, big down the lineup, although they've, you know, they've squeezed out an average of 10 goals a guy out of that fourth line. They really have. And, and as you know, uh, they've got, they've got two double digit scores, two guys on their third line that have combined for more than 40 goals and Trent who has 17 and, and Tanner Janot has 24. And, and I believe Tanner Janot and, and this, this may be an opinion that you would disagree with, but I believe Tanner Janot should be a, a Calder finals. I, I'm not saying he wow. should win it. I would probably wow. give it to Cider, but I believe Tanner Janot should be a Calder finalist. He's got more goals than any other rookie in the National Hockey League. And I'm sorry, he's not playing with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and John Tavares the way the guy in Toronto has. He's not. And he's got more goals than him. And he's, you know, he's not getting any power play time. I think he's got two power play goals all year. Uh, he's second in the league in penalty minutes. They don't track fighting majors, but I believe he'd be he the leads. first rookie in the history of the league, in the history of the league, to lead the league in goals and fights as a rookie. He's going to finish second in penalty minutes. No one's led the league in goals and, and, and penalty minutes among rookies. No one's done that in the league in 76 years. That's for penalty minutes. You know, they didn't, they don't track fighting majors. I mean, I'm sorry. He's had, he has gone under the radar. I think Sider should probably win it, but I would have Janot in my top three. I really would. Well, he's, he's, I mean, they're, do the orders need just one more thing, Jack? Do, do they need a little bit more pushback if the game goes a little bit down that path? I, I, I would certainly hope so. And I think, you know, Zach Cassian and Evander Kane and, you know, to a lesser extent, Darnell Nurse might be in that situation. But it doesn't all have to be about, you know, fighting majors. I think a guy like Kyler Yamamoto uh, can continue to irritate and agitate. You know, and I think some of the players down the lineup have to understand that this is the intensity they're going to see with increasing frequency down the stretch. And you're going to see teams, and it doesn't have to be always fighting, and it's not always going to be Minnesota and Nashville. I expect Vegas to play more, you know, a more intense game. I think some of the teams that aren't known as the most physical and and gritty are going to get more physical and grittier down the stretch because, as Jay Woodcroft alluded to this morning, you know, goals and and just general areas of the ice get tighter and tighter as you get into game 75 and 80. So, uh, it doesn't have to be about fighting, Bob, and I, I think you're probably going down that road. You're basically saying you just need to, you need to compete be in the fight. You don't have to take a fight, but you certainly need to match what Nashville is going to bring because that's how Nashville has gotten to this point. I don't think they're overly talented. They've had three guys with tremendous years, and and, and their goaltender has been spectacular. But outside of that, they're kind of a lunch pail group, and like Minnesota. No one on their roster jumps up and smacks you in the face the way McDavid and Drysaddle do. But that doesn't make them any less dangerous of a team because the strength of their team is in the collective, not in the individual. Jack, great job pinch hitting it. Thank you very much for joining us. And uh, next time you'll be 55th instead of 57th in the queue. All right, that sounds good. At least I'm moving up. Take care, pal. Thanks, man. Have a great call tonight. 
That is Jack Michaels from the Oilers Radio Network. He's got the NHL Hockey and Rogers broadcast tonight with Louis DeBrus and Gene Principe. Cam Moon, myself, Rob Brown, and Reed Wilkins on the Oilers Radio Network side. When we return, we'll go to this day in Oilers history and take you back to 1987. This is Oilers Now. Goals, 19 career games against the National Predators. Oilers and the Preds tonight. Let's go to this day in Oilers history for New West Travel. Well, like I said, we had a, an awesome uh, night last night. Extended hours as part of our meet and greet with some weather luminaries uh, joining us. If you're looking for a great playoff road trip, you can register now uh, for a road trip with the orders in the playoffs. You can reach newwesttravel.com. And that's uh, the orders now road trip coming up. All right. Uh, going back to 1987, Brendan, I was 21. What happened? Mark Messier popped off for a goal and three helpers. The Oilers uh, defeated L.A. 5-4 in Game 5 to win the Series 3-2 and eliminate the Kings from the playoffs. Glenn Anderson uh, scored the game-winning goal about halfway through the third at Northlands. Hmm. I always thought that series went 3-1. It's three two, eh? Um, I remember they. I th- was that the year they got thirteen goals in the opening game? It might have been the year. I could be wrong. They've sort of, you know, memory isn't quite what it used to be. Anyhow, tonight we will have uh, the Edmonton Oilers and the Nashville Predators live from Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. Four thirty faceoff show again with Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, uh, Cam Moon, and myself. Puck drop is at six p.m. We will tell you that it's Easter weekend, which means, uh, and some would say this is an oxymoron, but we will have a best of Oilers now on Friday and a best of Oilers now on Monday. So have a a wonderful holiday weekend, everybody, and uh, we'll be back with Oilers now live Tuesday the 19th. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, then the 6.30 Chet Afternoons from 3 to 6 with Jay Lynn Nye again today, 3 to 4.30. I will rejoin you from Bridgestone Arena at 4.30 Edmonton time. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chet.